Welcome to Inside the Multiverse with Carlos, Brad, and Matt. In this episode, we make fan casting for three movies. Batman Beyond, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and The Fantastic Four. Follow us on Twitter at ITMultiverse. Now, explore with us as we go inside the multiverse. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Multiverse. Um, how's it going, guys? Things are going pretty well. How about you guys? Yeah, yeah, can't complain. I'm excited to do some fan casting. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, today's going to be a little bit different again. You know, we're throwing another curveball at everybody. Um, not only are we going to be doing some fan casting, but this is also the first time we're going to be putting out a video. So if you're listening to this, um, you can go and hop on YouTube. Hopefully we'll have it up on YouTube sometime soon. Um, but, yeah, uh, let's let's kind of get right into what we're going to be doing. Um, basically, we're going to be competing in this kind of like fan casting competition. I am a big or have become a big like UFC fan. And so I thought like, how cool would it be to kind of compete, use similar rules, similar things, and just kind of um, use the, use like our love for comic books and uh, comic book heroes and all that stuff and fan cast the shit out of some movies. So that's what we're going to do. Um, the way the game works is today, Matt and Brad are going to compete in um, a fan casting thing, they're going to go at it in three different rounds. The first round is going to be Batman Beyond. Then we're going to hit League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And then we're going to end it with Fantastic Four. Now, here's the trick. They're going to be graded. like So just like the judges in UFC, I'm going to be ch- sitting here judging them on this little notebook I have in my hand. Um, I'm going to grade them on originality in their casting choices and director choices because they're going to have to cast that. I'm going to ca- uh, judge them on their entertainment value. So kind of like, do I want to see this movie type of thing? And then I'm also, I found the third category, guys, going to be judging you guys on like the strength of your reasoning and the strength of your plot points. So like, how good is it besides like, oh, he's a good actor. Like, you're going to have to give me, you know, some some really good insight into why you chose that person. Um Yeah, I'm not going to tell them what the grades are. We're just going to go into every round. At the end of the third round, going to announce the winner. Sound good? Okay. So we don't have gloves to touch, but uh, good luck to you both. (laughs) Good luck to you both. And uh, let's jump right in with round one. So, hmm. We have Batman Beyond. Now, I don't know about you guys. Batman Beyond is like one of my favorite things to watch like I, I watched it like three times you know and um it's a really good tv show if you guys haven't seen it yet, go check it out it's on hbo max so these guys are going to be fan casting they're going to be pitching me a director they're going to be pitching me a cast and some short plot points so i'm going to let the guy with the nightwing shirt matt go first matt what do you got all right so for director i have james mangold and the reason why I picked him is because I loved the Wolverine and Logan movies, especially Logan. And okay. I, I think for me, my approach to it was Batman Beyond would kind of have that kind of aesthetic, that theme of Logan where it's a little gritty, but it's still like very entertaining and it's not like depressing, but it just has that kind of like gritty feel to it. Um, so that's why I went with James Mangold. For Terry McGinnis, I went with Ryan Potter. 
who um, is uh, I know him from the show Titans. And I went with him because he uh, seems to be a pretty good actor from that show. And he uh, has that kind of look of a young uh, actor, even though he's in his 20s. And we know Hollywood loves to cast high school age characters um, with people who are in their 20s. So I feel like he has the look for it. And he just gives off an athletic vibe to me. And we all know Terry McGinnis is a very athletic Batman um, so I feel like he would be a good role for that. Um, for Bruce Wayne, I went with Ed Harris. Uh, he's from The Rock. He's from uh, the second National Treasure movie. He is someone who I think is a really great actor. And I feel like he has that kind of look of an older Bruce Wayne because he looks like he can still kick ass, but he's not going to be you know, doing a lot of that in this movie because in this point, Bruce Wayne is, is uh, an older person. And I was back and forth between him and Bruce Willis, but I felt Mm -hmm. like Ed Harris was a better actor than Bruce Willis. So for this kind of movie, this more realistic take, uh, I I thought Ed Harris was a a better choice. Um, For the next uh, character, I have Dana Tan, who kind of plays the the love interest of Terry McGinnis. That's his girlfriend in the show. And I went with Naomi Scott, who was in Aladdin. Um, She was in the Power Rangers movie. And I feel like she she had a look that um, would vibe well with Ryan Potter. And she's a, a good actress, so I thought she fit that role pretty well. Uh, the next one I have is uh, Commissioner Gordon. I went with Brian Cranston because, let's face it, Brian Cranston can do any role, I feel like. He's such a great actor. And uh, I think that he would fit in well with, with the cast that I have so far. Um, next, I have Barbara Gordon. And I have uh, Isla Fisher, who she was in Now You Can See Me. Um, And I feel like she would be a good role for this because in this point, she is in the wheelchair because she was already, um, you know, injured by Joker. So she wouldn't be doing a lot of action. Um, I don't see her, that actress, as a big action uh, actress. But I feel like for the role that she'd be doing, she'd be able to play that well. Um, And then for the Joker who would be the villain in the in this movie, um, I have Willem Dafoe. He is someone who I've wanted to see a version of the Joker for a while because he's a really good actor, and I think he's shown from the first Spider-Man that he's good at playing that villain that's, you know, on the, on the edge of being sane and insane. And with the Joker, you know, obviously he's a very insane character. So I feel like Willem Dafoe would be able to pull that off uh, really well. And for the plot, um, I have it just kind of similar as to what the show had, where um, Bruce recruits Terry McGinnis, basically, because, you know, Bruce is too old to protect Gotham at this point. And um, Terry kind of fills that role of someone that he thinks he can groom into the next Batman. And I have the villain being Joker, and he's just, you know, doing Joker things and trying to destroy Gotham. And um, to also support the reasoning for Willem Dafoe and Ed Harris. I wanted to have um, actors that were of similar age because in this, um, in this time period, you know, if, if Batman's older, then the joke has to be older. I didn't want to have a disparity between the ages because then, you know, if you think about Batman being in his forties and Joker being in his twenties, it that doesn't fit with the vibe of, you know, them being mortal enemies and stuff. So um, I went with actors that were kind of similar of age but uh, those are the characters that I casted for the movie. And uh, as I said, the director 
uh, would be James Mangold. Okay, yeah, I like it so far. James Mangold, that's a that's a really solid, you know, that's a really solid choice. I think he could do some really awesome stuff. Um, you know, Ryan, is it Potter? Potter? Uh, I, I, I think it's Potter, but okay, I mean, Ryan Potter. I, um, no, I, I just wrong. I always get worried about names, but yeah, Ryan Potter, I like him. He's great. Um, all right, sounds pretty good so far. So, uh, Brad, how are you gonna, you know? Like, how are you going to hit back? You said you got some heat. Let's hear it. All right. So I went with some outside the box choices on Batman Beyond because I felt like Matt would have a little bit more uh, rain on this territory. So I felt like I had to, you know, branch off the beaten path. So I went with uh, Denis Villeneuve for my director. I know he's kind of an outside the box choice, um, but I also feel that the way he did Blade Runner 2049, if he was able to adapt that kind of world and that like futuristic um, futuristic vibe to like a Batman Beyond and like make that into like a futuristic Gotham, I feel like, I mean, that'd be insane. So, and then also if he brought along like Roger Deakins as a cinematographer and you got like these like huge skyline city shots of like this like futuristic Gotham with like... Uh, you know, like the flying cars flying it throughout. I just feel like he'd just create like a perfect, like futuristic Batman world. Uh, I don't know if he'd be down to do like a superhero movie, but I, I just, I feel like he would just knock it out of the park. So that's my director. As far as my actors, uh, I have Terry McGinnis being played by Caleb McLaughlin. Oh, okay. You're going real different. Yeah, uh, you know, up-and-coming actor who, you know, he burst onto the scene with Stranger Things. Uh, He's doing another project coming up with uh, Idris Elba on Netflix. He's kind of doing, like, a co-star thing with him. But, you know, I feel like Terry McGinnis, like, this would be his way to, like, really put himself on the map. Like, you know, this would be his, this would be, like, his bread-and-butter role of his career so far. And I also just feel like he's, he's young enough if they want to do, like, a teens Terry but then he's also he could pass as a, maybe like a young uh, young twenties Terry. So I feel like he's kind of versatile in that way. You know, depending on what route they want to take the story. And I also think he could just really excel in like that jerky, headstrong, you know, straight shooter kind of role. So that that's my uh, Terry McGinnis. Michael Keaton is my Bruce Wayne. I know, I know. Yeah. No, you have. I mean. I, just, I think it makes too much sense, you know, with Michael Keaton returning to the DCEU as Batman. I think it's the perfect way to segue into a Batman Beyond film. He his he is the best Batman that we've seen on screen, in my opinion. So I feel like that's like the perfect way to like put the cherry on top of his career as Batman. Like you know, let him mentor another Batman as like you know they pass the pass the uh, figurative torch off. So he would be my Bruce Wayne. Uh, once again, going outside the box, I have Lakeith Stanfield as my Joker. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the Joker's been done in every single iteration that we can think of. Uh, you know, we've gotten the damage tattooed across the forehead uh, in Jared Leto's Joker. We got, you know, Joaquin Phoenix doing like a taxi driver take on Joker. We got, you know, Heath Ledger and, you know, the best Joker of all time, in my opinion. So I, I feel like with Keith Stanfield, he would just bring something different to the role. And he's even said this himself, 
he wants to do the Joker. This is a role that he wants. Uh, he was somebody even asked him like, you know, Hey, like Joaquin Phoenix's rendition is getting like so much attention. Like, how do you feel about that? And he said, wait until I do it. Yeah. So like, he's like, he's bringing some confidence to the role. Like he, he thinks that he can master this and kill this role. So he, he's my, uh, he's my Joker. And then I have uh, Michael Fassbender as Derek Powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think Fassbender would be a great pick. You know, he's kind of like that ruthless business mogul who also has like the sinister villain side to him. And I'd just be like really stoked to see him play like a cold hearted villain who like borders on like the psychopathic side. So it'd be really interesting to see uh, Fassbender handle that dynamic. And then I have Sterling K. Brown as Warren McGinnis. Uh, since, you know, I had to, I had to go outside of the box with Terry. So, you know, you gotta stick with that theme. So I, you know, he's just, he's a great actor. I think he can really pull off like that research scientist. Well, you know, he, he really rocks like the glasses look. So I feel like he has the look for like that research scientist. And then he's also the right age to play the father of someone, uh, around Caleb McLaughlin. If they either go like late teens or early twenties. And th- those are the only characters I cast. I mean, obviously there'd be more characters, you know, Barbara, Barbara and Jim Gordon, uh, Mary McGinnis, Dana Tan. Um, but I just wanted to focus on like those main five just to kind of get my plot across. Okay. Which my plot would be, uh, I have like the Joker. Um, he's, he'd be like the main villain of the movie. And then I have um, Terry McGinnis or not Terry McGinnis. I'm sorry. Uh, Warren McGinnis would be killed by uh, Derek Powers, Damn. which I believe happens in the animated. So then that would be like his transition into like becoming like the next villain. So Derek Powers basically kind of like plays as like the background bad, you know, like not, he's not really a villain yet. He's more just kind of like the, the ruthless businessman. And then everything kind of like comes together at the end and he becomes the villain and that transitions into the next movie. Okay. Okay. Now, it sucks, dude. It seems like no Batman can catch a break when it comes to like losing a parent. God. But you know, that's so so goes the life of Batman, right? Okay. That's the price you gotta pay to be Batman. Right, I, I guess so. Okay, so so far, pretty good stuff. I love what I'm hearing. This is exactly what I wanted. Um how you guys feeling so far? I like that. I, I like Brad's picks. I, I feel, you know, as he said, they were out of the box, but I mean, they all make sense. And I, I would love to see a movie with that cast. So I, I think he did a good job. Nice. Nice. You guys feeling confident? I can tell you, like I, I wrote down scores. I'm legit. Like I'm taking this pretty legit. You know what I mean? Um, okay. So let's, let's head into round two. Round one is over. We head into round two, which is going to be our league of extraordinary gentlemen fan cast. Now, for anybody that doesn't know the, about the movie or the comic, it's pretty much a group of like, man, what would you call them? The group is like made up of, you know, some are monsters like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, there's Dorian Gray who, you know, if you don't know the story about the portrait of Dorian Gray, he's like an immortal. It's like all these different people from different universes are kind of banded together and they have to work with one another to stop. Um, I think normally they fight M, which they end up fighting, finding out is like Moriarty. And, you know, it's all these really crazy concepts kind of thrown into one. Um, if you haven't seen, there was a movie out like early 2000s with uh, Sean Connery. 
and it didn't do so well, but I mean, you might be able to get some entertainment out of it. it it's all right. I used to watch it a whole lot for some reason. Like I fun, remember really watching. Fun fact about that movie. Sean Connery said doing that movie was such a terrible experience that it made him quit acting. He never did a, a real life. Um, I, he may have done like a, an animated movie and provided a voice, but he never did uh, a live action movie after that because of his experience doing it. Damn. Damn. So yeah, that tells you the quality of movie it was if it makes Sean Connery quit, which if I'm being honest, rid of person. Anyways, let's keep moving on. Um, so yeah, Matt, you went first last time. I'm going to go ahead and let Brad go first this time. Brad, what does your League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie look like? All right. So once again, I'll start off with my director. My director would be the Russo Bros. Okay. Uh, so I believe the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen rights are owned by uh, Century Fox, which is now owned by Disney. And the Russo Bros have said that they want to branch out from the uh, superhero game. So I feel like this would be the perfect transition because, you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, they're not really not really superheroes. You know, some of them are kind of like antiheroes. Some of them are heroes. Not really not really super, I would say. So I feel like it's just, you know, it's a little bit a little bit off the beaten path for them. And they also just do like team up movies so well. So I'd love to see them just, you know, juggle like so many different characters because, you know, you got like. You got Tom Sawyer, you got Campion Bond, who wasn't in the original movie. You got Jekyll and Hyde, you got Holly Griffin, you know, Captain Nemo, Alan Quartermain. You know, there's just so many different characters that have to be juggled and, you know, you have to introduce them all. So I'd love to see their rendition on that. So let's get into my castings. My Alan Quartermain would be Idris Elba. Ooh. Okay. Uh, you know, it's tough to take up the mantle of a character that Sean Connery played because you know he's he's Sean Connery. Like you know, like you said, he's not that great a person. But I mean, his acting, you know, it's it's unparalleled when it comes to action movies. With between James Bond, it's and he, I think he did a really good Alan Quartermain as well. So I think uh, Idris Elba, he'd have his work cut out for him. But I, I think he has the acting chops to pull it off. And I'd just be really interested because I I think the voice. Is a is a good is a big part of Alan Quartermain's character, and I just I would love to hear his rendition on the voice of Alan Quartermain. So he's my Alan Quartermain. I have Naveen Andrews as Captain Nemo. Okay, okay. So uh, Lost fans can kind of rejoice. I got yeah. Saeed. Uh, I just you know he kind of plays like the scientific genius you know who roams the seas in his giant ass boat. So I just you know I'd love to see Naveen's take on that character. And you kind of got a little glimpse of that in Lost. You know, he kind of plays, I think he's like an ex, ex-soldier or something like that. So and I just, you know, I'd love to see his take on that. And then I have uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Mina Harker. Okay. Uh, Taylor-Joy, was she was absolutely outstanding in The Queen's Gambit. Uh, she played like this really kind of like vulnerable, but also like really in, like intimidating character. And her acting was just off the charts. So I feel like she's just a person that can like really take on any role that she's given. And I just, I'd love to see her take on the vampire, the famous vampire. So she is my Mina Harker. And then I have uh, Cillian Murphy as Holly Griffin. Okay, nice. Uh, so Holly, he wasn't in the 2003 movie because I believe there was like a rights issue. 
Uh, they had to go with Skinner, who I think they said stole the potion from the original act or the original uh, maker or creator of the potion. So in this movie, hopefully we'd be able to secure the rights for Holly Griffin. Um, but yeah, just I think Cillian's the perfect guy to bring him to life. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about Holly Griffin, but he's kind of like an anti-hero. He just has he has kind of like a really scummy history. Like I think he mm-hmm. even like robbed his dad to like start up his own lab and like he just he just has like a really really bad history he's kind of like an anti-hero you know he walks that line between like villain and hero and i'd be really interested to see Cillian's take on that role and then for my jekyll and hyde i have tom hardy yeah yeah uh tom i mean tom hardy like when it comes to playing two characters in one movie you gotta go with tom hardy i mean he just he's done it what two or three times now, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think he did it in enemies. And then he also did it in venom, which I mean, venom, that's kind of like a, a Jekyll and Hyde role. I mean, I would think. So I feel like he has the, he has the experience to take on two characters in one movie. And I, I would just, lo- I would just love to see him do that. Uh, I excluded Dorian gray. Uh, Cause he's not really, he doesn't have a significant role in the comics. So I just, I kind of tossed him aside. And then I have uh, Tom Holland as Tom Sawyer. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, his name's Tom, so it makes sense. Um, but anyways, uh, I just, I think he would just be an underrated choice as Sawyer. Plus he's like really young. So, and he has the Disney connection. So if they wanted to go like, you know, the full like franchise route with this movie, I feel like he's a nice building block that you can build upon for movie after movie after movie. So that was really uh, crucial for my Tom Holland. And then for my villains, well, actually, no, one more, sorry. Uh, I have Michael Fassbender as Campion Bond, who also okay. wasn't in the original movie. Uh, but So for those of you who don't know, Campion Bond is an ancestor of James Bond, and he's part of like the MI5. And uh, I think Fassbender was at one point even rumored to be the next James Bond. So, you know, why not even, you know, the, take the next best thing and make him into Campion? Uh, so Campion is on the larger side, uh, in terms of like physical stature. So this is like a little bit kind of uh, outside the box casting in terms of physical stature, but I think Fassbender would do well nonetheless. Yeah. And then for my villains, uh, I have Mads Mikkelsen as professor Moriarty. Uh, I'd love to see Mikkelsen <laughs> yeah. as M. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit. Moriarty is kind of like the organizer of the league at first. And then like he assembles like the main characters and then, uh, he eventually he becomes like the main villain. So he basically like double crosses the league and like makes them like do his biddings. And then he takes the, the reward of the biddings and then right. you know, uh, does his own master plan. So he would kind of be like the behind the scenes bad guy, you know, kind of like gets everybody on his side and then he turns on. So I think that'd be like an interesting role to see Mickelson play. And he just has like that really like, he just has like a really creepy look to him. So I'd love to see him play like a villain. Yeah. And then my kind of like figurehead villain is uh, Fu Manchu. Okay. Who would be played by uh, Yun Fat Chow. Uh, okay. He's also, so Fu Manchu is also known as the doctor in the comics. Uh, so I, I don't know if they'd be able to use the Fu Manchu because once again, there's like a rights issue because all these characters are coming together from like different novels and different. Yeah. screen or uh, writings. So it's tough to secure all the rights to everybody. 
but basically he's like a Chinese crime lord who deals in opium. And I think mm. uh, Yun, he would have the charisma mixed with like a sinister side of the role uh, to play the doctor, which leads me to my concept. Uh, basically, so I would have uh, pretty much be like the same as like volume one of the comics, which is I have Fu Manchu as like the figurehead villain, so to speak. Well, Moriarty is pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Moriarty would ask Campion, Campion to form a team of six characters to achieve the Cavarite from the Doctor, who is the main villain from the first movie. Uh, and then once the Cavarite is uh, retrieved, then Moriarty would be revealed as the true villain, and he was using the League for his own personal gain, and that would transition into my second film, where Moriarty would become the big bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, those are, those are some nice castings. Like, I can't love me some Tom, Tom Hardy. Like, I can't hate on a Tom Hardy pick. Anytime he's in a movie, I mean, honestly, that's one of the big reasons why I was super excited for Venom. It was like, Tom Hardy is the man, and I love Venom as a character. And I was like, dude, this is perfect. And I still enjoyed the movie a whole lot, mainly because of him. So, like, I, I really enjoy that. I, I, that's a nice pick. Um, as far as everybody else, I mean, you got me with Michael Fassbender again. Michael Fassbender's the man. And I think even though you said like in the the comics, the character that he would be playing is a little bit bigger in stature, he has enough like personality to kind of command that, you know, to make up for him not being like, I don't know if he's like big and tall or whatever it is, but he kind of has that ability to command that, that presence. He has a presence about him. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so far sounds good. Matt, you're going to have to hit that strong. Let's hear it, dude. What do we All got? Right, so uh, for my director, I have Guillermo del Toro. Um, I went with him because I think with this kind of movie and the uh, characters that are involved, his background with like um, Hellboy with uh, Pan's Labyrinth, I, I think that's just like a good fit for the genre of what these characters um, bring to the table. Um, for the cast, um, I, I was laughing if you didn't see me because for Alan Quartermain, I also have Idris Elba. Um, I I thought he was a perfect fit for the role. He, yeah. you know, is a little on the older side, but he's still, you know, fit enough and just in, intimidating looking that you know that he is going to still bring it to the bad guys. And he just comes off as a believable actor for someone who, you know, Alan Quartermain used to be the the guy when he was younger. And now, you know, even older, he can still be that guy. Um for Captain Nemo, I also have Naveen Andrews. Um, so again, I was laughing and I was like, is this man really going to have the exact same casting as me all the way through? Um, so spoiler alert, those were the only two that we had in common. But okay. I think that just goes to show how good of casting that is if we both thought of them. Um, sure. He, he did a great job on Lost. And, um, you know, as Brad said, he has that uh, experience playing someone who is, you know, a really smart, capable, resourceful person and, and can be a, a fighter. For Mina Harker, I have Olivia Wilde. Um, she was in-house, and I think she's a good enough actress to play the role. But to me, what made me cast her was just kind of looking at her. She looks kind of like she would fit in that vampire realm. I don't know if that's an insult to her or not. I mean, I, she's an attractive actress, but I don't know. I just, I looked at her and, and I thought she looks like she could play Amina Harker. Um, 
I, I did go with Rodney Skinner. I went more with the movie cast because that's more of my experience with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I went with Colin Farrell because I feel Ooh. like I feel like he can play that kind of um, gives you an attitude and can kind of be that like good guy that acts bad, bad guy that acts good yeah. kind of character. So I went with him. Have you uh, seen? I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. No, go or for it. Interrupt you, Matt. But have you seen The Gentleman? Uh, no, I with haven't. Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, dude, Colin Farrell's in it. Mm-hmm. He's so he's my favorite part of the movie. Okay, my I'll have absolute to check that out, though, favorite probably. part. But yeah, sorry, keep going. No, that's fine. I mean, hey, if he was in a movie called The Gentleman, then you know you just have to add the League of Extraordinary, <laughs> and he's, he'll be ready for it. Um, for Dorian Gray, I went with Orlando Bloom. Um, oh, I went yeah. with him because in in the uh, original movie, you had. Um, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, he played Lestat. I forget the actor's name. Um, but he, you know, he's an attractive guy. Dorian Gray is supposed to have that look of, you know, this like beautiful gentleman, but someone that can still fight. And uh, you know, I think Orlando Bloom plays that perfectly with Legolas, with um, Will Turner from um, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So I feel like he would fit that role really well. Um, for Tom Sawyer, I went with O'Shea Jackson Jr. I thought that mm-hmm. would be a good pick because, you know, it's a little outside the box because when you hear the name Tom Sawyer, you know, a lot of people will think of that, you know, traditional white kid from the South. But, you know, I wanted to make it a little more modern times and have O'Shea Jackson Jr., who I think is a great actor. And in the original movie, Tom Sawyer kind of looked up to uh, Alan Quartermain as a mentor and hero. So I think that um, connection between O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Idris Elba, um, you know, I thought that was a good pairing. For Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I went with Michael Shannon. Um, I think he does a really good job of playing kind of that character that can be the... uh, I think he's a good enough actor that he can play two characters in once, kind of like, you know, as Brad was saying with Tom Hardy did with Venom. I think Michael Shannon can do just as good of a job with it. Um, I have two villains as well, the same villains that Brad does, but for Moriarty, I went with Christian Bale and I went with him because I think he's a great actor. He's well-versed in working in these kind of movies, having played Batman, but I think he could be a convincing Moriarty. And then for Fu Manchu, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, but it's Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa who played Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat. And yeah. I mean, he he played Shang Tsung perfectly, so he he definitely has the acting chops to be a, a very formidable villain. So um, I went with him. And for my plot, um, I had to kind of look up more of what the the League of Extraordinary, Gen- Extraordinary Gentlemen do because I didn't want to take the same exact plot from the movie. So um, for my plot, it's the League is assembled to stop a war between Fu Manchu and Moriarty before their war kind of leads into a worldwide destruction. Ooh, okay. Okay, so it's almost like a, a bigger scale type of thing. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I like I like the ideas so far. I mean, man, Michael Shannon, so good. Like, I love him in pretty much anything he's... Like, he was probably the best part of Man of Steel. Like, we, I, you know, we can sit here and argue about Man of Steel whatever, but Michael Shannon, I will not argue. He's so good. And I love him in Knives Out. Uh, you guys have seen Knives Out. 
he's so good in Knives Out too. You haven't seen it, Matt, dude. You got to get on it, dude. I know my brother, like since it came out, has been like, you have to watch this. But I don't know. Dude. Anytime someone tells me I have to watch something, it makes me like less inclined to want to watch <laughs> it. I'm like that exact opposite person. Oh man, it, it's so good. I, I really enjoyed Knives Out, and he's really good in it. Okay, okay. So this is this is gonna be tough. I didn't realize how tough it was going to be because I am trying to like score it pretty honestly, but also I'm having a hard time like not being like, oh, my, is this like, am I being a dick right now? You know, that type of thing. But so far, so good. So we're going to end on a pretty high note with our third and final round, and it is Fantastic Four. Now, just to give everyone, you know, listening, watching, whatever, a quick background, Fantastic Four, basically, you know, family a few family members, a few friends go up into space, get turned into these weird creatures because of a solar flare that messes them up. They come down, you know, you have who all goes up there. You have Victor Von Doom, you have Ben Grimm, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Reed Richards. So those are kind of like the main characters of a lot of their comics. Um, we've had two movies from them. I don't know about you guys, but Chris Evans is Johnny Storm. It's fantastic. Like that was so good. Um, Jessica Alba as Sue Storm was okay. It was fine. It was, you know, she was whatever. Um, Victor Von Doom, not so good. I did not enjoy his version of Victor Von Doom. I think it could have been even more imposing and scary. So I'm really excited to get into this because if you guys don't know, Fantastic Four is officially going to be into production. It's hopefully going to be a movie sometime soon. They already have the director, but we're going to ignore that. I told these guys to give me your own director. Who would you direct it? Um, who would you have directed? And um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to hear your guys' take. Oh, forgot to mention uh, the Fantastic Four movie in 2015. Was that was that when it was? It was around that when Miles Teller and you know Michael B. Jordan, you know, it almost you know could have ruined some careers there. And, put miles teller kind of in a bad light for some people but i think he's a good actor um that movie was not so good so i hope they disney gets this movie knocks it out of the park but before they can let me hear your guys's ideas on fantastic four matt go first Who do All you right. got? technically there was three movies of fantastic four but they mm. were all so bad that i think Forgetting one is a good thing because that's how bad all three of the movies were. Yeah. Um, so for my director, I went with Matthew Vaughn, which he actually was a producer of the uh, 2015 one with Miles Teller. But mm. I think his director, um, his his movies as directors are a better reflection. He's done Kick-Ass. He's done X-Men First Class. He's done the two Kingsman movies. Um, so I think that you know, forgetting about his producer role uh, with the the bad movie make, um, can be ignored just based on the things that he's directed. And, you know, with X-Men, that's a, a bunch of heroes together. So he has that experience of having um, a cast of multiple heroes that you need to focus on. So for Reed Richards, I mean, I've been saying it when we did our WandaVision podcast. I think John Krasinski is the perfect fit for that role. So I, I didn't feel like I needed to change that. He, um, ever since uh, completing The Office, he's done more action stuff, so he has bulked up. He can portray a superhero more convincingly than, you know, Jim Halpert maybe could have. But I, I think he's just perfect for that role. 
uh, for Sue Storm, I thought it was fitting to have Emily Blunt, who is married to John Krasinski. So, you know, it's a little bit of a cop-out because they're a couple in real life, but I felt that she's a really good actress. Um, but they would also have that really good on-screen chemistry because, you know, they, they have off-screen chemistry. So I thought that that would be a good pairing. Uh, for Ben Grimm, I have John Bernthal. Uh, I feel like he would be a really great thing because he obviously in real life looks like somebody that can beat up anybody and clobber them anytime he wants. And I feel like he also has the perfect voice for it because, you know, majority of what we've seen of Ben Grimm has been him as the thing and not as Ben Grimm. So the voice is a really important part of that uh, role. And I think John Bernthal has that like real low gritty Punisher voice that would just fit really well with that. Um, also, side note, if you've ever heard him talk in his regular voice, it sounds so different from Frank Castle. It's like, is really that the same guy that played Frank Castle? Um, but, you know, obviously, since he does have uh, the voice for Frank Castle, then it would be fitting for uh, the thing. And then for Johnny Storm, I have Zac Efron because uh, I feel like he is actually a really underrated actor. I'm, mm -hmm. I have him pretty high in terms of uh, acting ability. And, I mean, obviously Zac Efron is an attractive guy. He's in great shape. So he would kind of continue that Chris Evans uh, role that he had when he was the Human Torch. You know, he was obviously very fit and cut for that role. And I think Zac Efron would continue that. And then for Victor Von Doom, um, I went with this as forgetting um, or ignoring uh, any possible uh, tie-ins that uh, this actor might have. Um, it was Michael Fassbender. You know, he, he might come over as Magneto, but for this, I just went with, I think he would play a perfect Victor Von Doom. You know, I, I think Doom and Magneto have similar characteristics. Um, you know, Dr. Doom might be a little more evil, uh, but I think he would play that menacing role very convincingly. And, you know, obviously having played Magneto, you know, he can be that villain. So I thought Fassbender was the perfect fit for Dr. Doom. And my plot is, you know, it's not so much an introduction to the characters. Um, it's going to show them getting the powers from the cosmic storm being out in space, but my movie wouldn't focus on that part as much. So that would kind of be like, the, the first chapter of the movie, just so people who maybe didn't see the movies before don't know the characters, understand, okay, right, where did they get right. the powers from? Um, but in, in my movie, what happens is Von Doom is um, actually like an ally to them before they go up there. But once he gets up there and goes through the cosmic storm, just like everybody else, it corrupts him and he wants to get more power. He wants to become the most powerful thing there is. So he creates a laboratory in Latveria and he's trying to draw the cosmic storm like back towards this laboratory and the fantastic four know how dangerous that could be. So the movie is them basically trying to stop him from doing that. And I also wanted to add that in my movie, Reed and Sue would already be a couple. They wouldn't be like figuring out, Oh, do we like each other? Do we want to be together? I, I don't want to take away from the story. So they would already be established as a couple. So you wouldn't have that distraction of the love story in there. Right. Now, question, Matt. Yeah. Do I get Doom bots? Um, I didn't get that far, but just to make my case better, <laughs> yes, let's <Right>. have Doom bots. <laughs> have to have Doom bots. If you have, you know, Doom, you have to have Doom bots. But okay. So pretty good, pretty good.
What do you got, Brad? How are you going to hit back, dude? How are you going to counter? So, Matt, he must have stole my freaking notes. Because yeah. <laughs> I have uh, Matthew Vaughn as my director as well. Damn. Uh, so, yep. So, Vaughn directed one of the best X-Men movies. To, so, to see him tackle the Fantastic Four, I think, would be super exciting. Uh, his work on Kick-Ass and Kingsman, would, I think, would play really well in the Fantastic Four. Because he gave us like these like really badass action scenes, but then he also like sprinkled in some humor throughout. So I think you know if we got a Fantastic Four movie with that kind of vibe, I feel like that would play together really well. And I think you know just his tying together of so many characters in the X Men movies would just bring such would bring justice to the the Fantastic Four because I, I you know we need that. Like we said, you know there was three movies and they pretty much all sucked. Uh, you know, there was maybe some good actors that were, you know, kind of sprinkled in, but uh, uh, overall, the was really bad. So, you know, I feel like he'd be the right person to to bring glory back to the franchise and to kick off the Fantastic Four in the right way. So, if you can't tell, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, kind of my favorite actor. Okay. Uh, okay. So he he's my Reed Richards. Hmm. Uh, so okay. I, I chose to go with a black Reed Richards. Because we already have a black king, the conqueror, in the MCU. So if they decide to go um, the route of Kang and Reed Richards being related, I think that's a really easy connection. And Kang also has run-ins with the Fantastic Four. So if they wanted to, uh, you know, have like Reed and Kang have like this like, you know, relationship of being related but being on you know the opposite sides of a battle, I think that'd be a really cool dynamic. And you know, I just I think Lakeith Stanfield. He can play any role he wants to. He would kill the role of Reed Richards. I mean, he's been in 17 feature films, I think, since like 2016. So, I mean, he plays anybody and everybody. So, I just, yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. He's one of the best in the game right now. And I think he'd be a huge talent to, for the MCU to land. So, I, that's how I kick off my uh, Fantastic Four is with Keith Stanfield. Okay. For my Sue Storm, I have uh, Lauren Cohen, who's from The mm. Walking Dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she kind of had, I, you know, I was going to go, I, you know, I didn't want to go with the popular fan cast of Krasinski, so I couldn't go with Blunt for Sue Storm. I felt like, you know, I, I can't go 50%. I either have to go, you know, 0% or 100%, so I go right. 0%. So uh, I went with, you know, she's kind of an under-the-radar pick. You know, I think she kind of has, like, a nurturing vibe to her, but she also has, like, that fire which I think could really play well in like a Sue Storm character. So I think like, she'd make a really interesting pick. And I think she's kind of due for a larger role. I was going to say, so she was already right. Martha, dude. She was Martha. She got Martha. shot. Yeah, she played Martha Wayne in uh, BBS. Oh, that's yeah, right. I forgot the, about uh, that. Flashback. And you know who played uh, uh, Thomas Wayne, right? Yep. Yep. Me. So that was, yep. <laughs> that was funny. So Negan killed her husband, but then played her husband in another movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she's definitely due for something bigger. Yeah, so I feel like that'd be a good way to, you know, kind of jumpstart her career, you know, get her a little bit more shine. And then I have uh, I have Taron Egerton as Johnny Storm. Mm, okay. So I, I feel like uh, he's been killing it lately with the Kingsman series. And then he also had like that starring role as Elton John, which he really he did really well in. So I feel like he kind of has the look, but he also has like the charisma to play Johnny Storm because he's, you know, he's kind of like this like cocky, arrogant, you know, good with the ladies. So I feel like he'd really be able to play into that role. 
And then uh, for Ben Grimm, I have uh, Jonah Hill. Uh, so I really wanted to choose a Jewish actor for the role of Ben Grimm because once they integrated that into his character in the comics, he became like a really like a Jew, like one of the mo- one of the most famous Jewish superheroes in like, mm. you know, of the last, you know, 30, 40 years. So I feel like that'd be a really cool way to bring in some more representation and like, you know, give another population of people, somebody that they can see on screen. And I believe there's even like parts in the comics where like Ben like recites from like the, I believe it's the Torah. I'm, I'm not too versed in Jewish culture, but I believe it's the Torah. So I feel like if they were able to incorporate something like that, I think that would be really cool. I just looked up. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but John Bernthal is actually Jewish too, or at least oh. his parents are. So I Damn. unknowingly made that connection too. <laughs> I also did have uh, Teron Edgerton for Johnny Storm as well too, but I switched it to Zac Efron. So I, I like your pick there because I had that too. I had Zac yeah. Efron as well, actually. But oh, then so I we changed just, to Taron Edgerton. Switch. <laughs> yeah, you guys just switched. I, I swear, Carlos, we sure? did, we, we did not coordinate this before. <laughs> yeah, we got just on the so call. we're clear. I told them like, don't show anything. You know, I, I I was hoping I'd make it clear. Like, just do it on your own. Don't share. That way, it's a complete surprise to everybody. That's hilarious that you guys thought about like similar people on pretty much each one. Okay, keep going, Brad. Um, and then also, you know, Jonah, he's played, you know, all sorts of role over his career. You know, he's been the funny guy. He's done some dramatic roles. So I feel like he just has, he has the range to be able to tackle Ben Grimm. So I, I just, he, I think he'd be a good pick. And okay. So for my Dr. Doom, uh, he's, he's one of the most crucial castings of the Fantastic Four. They have to nail Dr. Doom this time around. So I went with Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, I just ah oh man, like he just has such a such a chilling presence on screen as a villain. Like every time he plays a villain, like it, as soon as he enters the scene, you're just like, oh man, like my hero, like they're toast, you know, like yeah. or my you know like the favorite character, like you know they're they're done. So I just feel like he has just such a great presence for being a villain, and I feel like he would just be such a great way to like encapsulate the character of Doctor Doom. There's actually been uh, I don't know if you guys follow Boss Logic. But like he's like one of my favorite graphic designers, and he actually already did a graphic design of Giancarlo Esposito as uh, Doctor Doom, and he did like uh, like the half facial scarring, oh, and then okay. he's like he's like bringing like the mask like slowly into the picture. Oh, it's so cool. badass! And like he even said like because uh, like you know Breaking Bad, he has like one of the like one of the most famous deaths on probably in probably like TV history, you know where he blows up and like half his face gets like blown yeah. off. So they were saying like he's already, you know he's already prepped for the role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Doom's just like one of my favorite villains. So I really feel like they need to like nail this this time around. I know like the one of the most popular frames that like circulates on Twitter, like he uh, he's like grabbing Thanos. He's like holding his spine in his hand yeah. after like Thanos like I don't need the Infinity Gauntlet to beat you. And Doom's like oh yeah okay, and he's just like waste him. I actually have yeah. a pop figure of that too. Oh, that's cool. Do you see they're going to come out with like a figurine? Sorry to interrupt you, but they're going to come out with a figurine where he's holding, doing that pose, but uh, the skeleton is, or the the skull and spinal cord is like gold. Oh, really? really I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah. It looks really dope. Like, if you're a Doom fan, you should probably get that because it looks super cool. 
Yeah, so I mean, I just I feel like he'd be perfect for the role of Doctor Doom. And then who's going to be my main villain? Because uh, Doctor Doom, I know I spent a lot of time talking about Giancarlo Esposito, but he's going to be kind of like the the lead up villain, whereas uh, or not the lead up villain, but the final villain, like that leads into the next movie. Uh, okay. Annihilus is actually going to be the main villain of this movie, and he's going to be played by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or I'm sorry. I just saw a notification for that Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> signed with the Washington Redskins. <laughs> uh, Breaking news over here. Shit. Adam, Adam Schefter. Schefter. Who? I was going to say, all right, Brad Schefter. Damn. But anyways, uh, Annihilus is going to be played by Brian Cranston. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, he wasn't really a villain in Breaking Bad. I mean, he wasn't really like a classic villain. You know, you could say that he kind of like turned into a villain over the course of the show. You know, as he he learned that he really liked doing all these things, you know, all these bad things. You know, he wasn't just doing it for his family. He was just doing it for himself. So I feel like, you know, over the course of that series, you kind of see him take on the villain at some points. And I feel like that just made me want to see him as a villain. I think he would just be a fantastic villain. So I put him as a nihilist, which he so he would kind of kick off the Fantastic Four trilogy. He would be the big bad that they'd go up against. Uh, which leads me to my plot. So I would have it centered around the Fantastic Four in the negative zone. Mm. So basically they would either gain their powers in the negative zone or they we could do like a fast forward and they already have their powers and then they're fighting or they run into uh, Annihilus in the negative zone. So that would, that would be kind of like the plot of the first movie. And then I would set up Doctor Doom as like the future big bad at like the end of the movie or in the post-credit scene. And I would name drop and introduce uh, Giancarlo Esposito as the character. And I think that would just be like the perfect cliff ending to like start the Fantastic Four series. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Annihilus, you know, hasn't been, we haven't ever seen him on. So that would be super interesting. Brian Cranston, dope. He's great. He can do whatever he wants. I want to see him in a superhero movie so bad. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid cast. That's an interesting take. Um so I have to calculate real quick because I wrote down a shit ton of numbers, um, but it shouldn't take me that long. Uh, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. What do we got here? Okay, I wanna, I wanna say that for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen round, which I believe was round two. It was round two. A round two goes to Matt. Round two goes Thanks. to Matt. Yeah, I, I, I liked, I liked your your points, Brad. I thought you had a really good, strong showing of like you know your strength and like how you were describing everything was really good. Um, but I just felt like some of the choices for some of the characters with Matt's was just like something I'd want to see a little bit more. I mean, you guys both had Quartermain. Like, once you both said Idris Elba Quartermain, I was like, dude, great. You had me. Both of you had me. So, (laughs) I, um, let's see. Okay, Batman Beyond, round one. That one goes to Brad. That goes to Brad. Okay, so That's the one I did not expect to win. (laughs) And that only goes to Brad by like a total of one point. And Brad, what got you really over the top was just the originality in the cast. 
Like that's where you got me. Like, oh, p- pitching McLaughlin as uh, Terry McGinnis was interesting. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, that was who you said for his dad, right, for Warren. I love Sterling K. Brown. Like, I was hoping one of you guys would say Sterling K. Brown as Reed Richards. And because I think he, he's got like he, he has the ability to do it and it'd be super interesting to see that. So, yeah, that, that was that was good. OK, so we're coming down to the wire here. I think. Let's see. OK, once again, doing some quick calculations. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're going to lose friends here. Um, the Fantastic Four round goes to Matt. Oh. Fantastic Four round. So he wins by split decision. Wait, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Split decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it wrong. had it wrong. Matt gets split decision by one and a half points. Now... I think what got me, Matt, was the the focus on Doctor Doom was him being the villain. Like, even though I like Annihilus, and I think it would be super interesting, just give me Doctor Doom from the start, dude. Like, that that's where he got me. And not gonna lie, telling me that I'm gonna get Doom bots. That the, <laughs> that's where I was like, yes, if I get Doom bots, let's do it. If he's in that very uh, cooking, gotta cater, gotta cater to the audience, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but dude, that was like really close, Matt. It, it was honestly every single round was no more than two points, I think. But it was really close. You guys did really good. I would love to see all these movies, but yeah, Matt wins this one. Matt is one and zero. Brad, you dropped to zero and one. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much our show. Um, you guys did a great job. I appreciate it. Any any last words before we head on out of here? I would just love to see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in a Fantastic Four movie. Dude, <laughs> ever, yeah. since, ever since Ryan. Brad threw out that idea, I mean, his football career is uh, at the tail end. So let's let's see what he can do behind the uh, the movie screens. Can Annihilus get uh, Fitzpatrick's beard? Like, can the yeah. design have his beard? That'd be pretty it's, epic. Instead of chaos magic, we have Fitz magic. Oh, <laughs> um, you know who I would really like. I'm gonna add my two cents in here for the Fantastic Four, who I think would be a really money casting if they do in the future. Glenn Howardson, because from um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He plays Dennis. Oh, okay, he, yeah, yeah. He almost played. He was in the running for Star Lord. He okay, was one yeah. of like the final yeah. actresses, uh, actors. Sorry, that was in the running for Star Lord. Now, one thing to know about like Reed Richards is he's kind of a dick. Like, there's sometimes where he can be a, a bit of an asshole. So I think if anybody can pull off an asshole really well, it's the guy who plays Dennis. He's a dickhead easily, and, and people love him still too. So he yeah, plays ex- that well. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that's my casting. Just throwing my two cents in there. All right, guys, that's going to be it for our show. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you tuning in, watching, whatever. We really appreciate it. Um, and we hope you guys will keep up with it. Uh, let us know what you think on Twitter at what is it? I it multiverse. Yeah, just it hit us multiverse. Up, just hit us up on there. Let us know what you think of the show. And yeah, thanks for everything. See you guys later. See you guys later. Have a good one. You too.